Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Black and Animated Podcast. It's way here and I want to take a moment to say if you have an idea for a topic you want to hear discussed or a guest you really want Bria and I to interview on the show, you can email us at blackandanimated at gmail.com. Once again, that's black, the letter N, animated at gmail.com. And as a reminder, you can connect on social media using at black and animated. We have a Twitter and an Instagram account. So uh, once again, that's at black, the letter N, animated. Okay, so with that squared away, I'm really, really, really excited to introduce our guest. He is the legendary character designer, storyboard artist, and animator, Dan Haskett. special guest on another episode of the black and animated podcast yes we are um so why don't we have you introduce yourself to uh the audience okay my name is dan haskett and uh next year will be my 50th anniversary in the animation business amazing awesome (laughs) (laughs) yes and uh, right now i'm working as a character designer at warner brothers but Mm. uh I'm also an animator. I've been a, I'd say, a, a minor producer director. Uh, I've worked on, say, everything from The Little Mermaid to Sesame Street to commercials to industrials and uh, educational films. So I have a nice broad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you've got a long list of things that you've done. Um, and, uh, when did you start to get into animation? Like, what made you think, this is my calling, this is something I've really got to do? Mm-hmm. Well, I was really born to cartooning. Mm-hmm. And I started uh, really when I was about three years old. And uh, I knew what I wanted to do very, very, very early. Uh, animation came to the forefront, I guess, when I was about 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. And that was it. That was it. I knew exactly what I wanted to do. Mm. Was there um, any like artists or like cartoons that you felt made you like that you saw or like can remember that felt, uh, you feel inspired you when you were eleven? Everything. Everything. Because yeah. let's see, when I was eleven, let's see, that was that would have been nineteen sixty three, and at that time on TV you saw the entire history of American animation because TV had a lot of time to fill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so they would run anything they could get their hands on. And yeah. that included the entire history from the silent days to the present. Mm-hmm. Plus all kinds of things like uh, army training films. And, uh, <laughs> wow, jeez. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I forgot they had yeah. some... Yeah, there were army training films that were animated. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and all kind of educational things and all that. So I saw everything. That and everything is <laughs> Wow. Did you go to uh, like a, a university for art? Or did you just kind of skip that part and then get a job right away? 
No, I went to a, a specialized high school. Uh, I'm from New York originally. Oh, okay. New York. Cool. And, uh, <laughs> so many East yeah, Coast Yeah, I'm from New York. Oh. Yeah, Bronx, okay. New York. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're shaking. Yeah. Your <laughs> All right. You, you too? No. Oh, okay. From oh, the Midwest. Don't shake your hand. Don't shake your hand. <laughs> well, I shake your hand anyway. How's that? All right. I don't know what to do to feel left out. Yeah. Chicago's cool too. <laughs> Chicago's cool, but you know New York. Okay. <laughs> you gonna hit him? No. Okay, no. All right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, New York City has um, a group of specialized high schools that were originally called trade schools okay. back when, and uh, included in they had names like uh, aviation. Wow. Bronx High School of Science. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, oh, yeah. The Performing Arts High School. You know, yeah, I think became that's known the as the Fame School after the movie. But uh, I went to the High School of Art and Design, which was a commercial arts school mm-hmm. that had a nice uh, range of uh, majors in it. Uh, everything from uh, theater arts to costume design, uh, architecture, and... Uh, Cartooning and animation, which was mine. So uh, that's where I got my, well, my I'll say my professional feet wet with uh, cartooning in general. Mm. And even though the school was set up for animation, though, my teacher wasn't an animator. He was a uh, an art director in advertising, mm, okay. you know, from, from, from the Mad Men era. <laughs> mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, he brought a different... He brought a sh- some shadings to it that uh, I might not have gotten mm-hmm. otherwise, you know. But uh, that was uh, my first uh, dabble of professional training. And after that, I went to Pratt Institute in Brooklyn for a couple of years. And I then, heard of Pratt before. Uh, mm-hmm. Switched, changed, uh, changed schools entirely. I went to a New York Institute of Technology for a year and a half. Mm as a communication arts major. Okay. Because I had gotten tired of taking art classes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That's been like four years well, of high like, school. Yeah, and like, then like, like five years. Yeah. Five years, so yeah, it's so. like, mm, I, <laughs> I think I need a little bit of a break. <laughs> Is communication art like in the, like, that's more in the advertising realm because of. It was, okay. it was yeah, it was advertising, uh, public relations, uh, TV and radio. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you know all stuff that's related, of course, but mm-hmm. uh, just from a, a little different angle. Right, yeah. right. Trying to sell something rather than, I guess, like creating a cool character that is, I don't know, dancing on screen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a different. It's a different form of storytelling. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, so just about how to reach people. Yeah, right. yeah. We do that all the time because because I, I work in advertising right now, mm-hmm. even though I'm trying to get into animation <laughs> mm-hmm. so i'm super familiar with uh how can we do this campaign to sell these light bulbs to people right. oh i know right. let's do it this way mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah comes in handy though it does yeah. yeah especially like uh from the design aspect it teaches you a lot and i believe that's helped me out i guess <laughs> mm-hmm. now what uh, was your family receptive to you going into the arts yeah because yes. like because uh because i know that uh typically animation and art as a whole is kind of a career that not many young black people pursue all the way mm-hmm. they typically want you to do like other types of professions sometimes mm-hmm. so yeah it's interesting just like wondering like was the was your family supportive 
Or were they kind of like, that's cool, but maybe keep that as a hobby? No, I lucked out that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I, I knew I lucked out that way. Because, mm-hmm. um, I, I, you know, this where I grew up, just like you just said, you know, um, a lot of people were not aware that you could have a career in art, mm-hmm. in graphic art of any kind. Right. You know? And I was fortunate because my, my parents could very easily have said no. Mm-hmm. because uh, my mother well, was an artist as well, and mm-hmm. my father was a musician. Oh, wow. oh okay. Yeah. And so they could have easily said, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, we know, we know how, we know how this it is. Uh-uh. We know yeah. what you go down this. <laughs> yeah, but happily they did not do that. Mm. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think like typically, I guess, parents who are artists themselves usually would be pretty supportive. So yeah, that's... An immense blessing right there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, yes, it was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, you went to Pratt uh, for communication arts. Did you get a degree in communication arts or did you? No, I don't have a degree at all. Oh, okay. What happened was, yeah, at Pratt I was uh, in advertising and communication arts. Mm-hmm. And um, again, with New York Tech, you know, communication arts as well. Mm-hmm. But I got a job. Mm. Just before my last semester. Oh, wow. All right, all right. Oh, yeah. Nice. I got a job at a, a place that, well, it's, it's, the place is gone now. It's, it was called Teletactics. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a place that did uh, low-budget commercials mm. and uh, industrial films, you know, and that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And I was learning more there and faster than I was learning at, uh, in college. So mm. I thought, well, I think I'll <laughs> Yeah, like, mm. <laughs> I think I'll <laughs> One of these things are not giving me the knowledge that I need. <laughs> I, guess that, I guess that just goes to show you that um, you don't necessarily need that degree in order to kind of get the skills that you need. Because sometimes, or in a lot of cases, you learn on the job faster. That is not to discourage school. Like school is not a bad thing. But mm. when you're actually in it, you learn so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and at that time there really were no um, schools that were dedicated to it. They were just schools, colleges at that time were just beginning mm-hmm. to get into filmmaking mm-hmm. as an art major. Mm-hmm. So, and animation was, of course, you know, this little side. Yeah, like, right. Oh yeah, and like, animation. What is that? <laughs> like, there's yeah. film. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. This is all right. You can kind of right. do this if you're interested. I guess. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, you either uh, learned on the job mm-hmm. or you taught yourself or both. Right. So, so I'm, getting, well, I'm guessing it was a lot of self-teaching up to the point yeah. of you getting your first job. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when did you uh, eventually transition from commercial to, did you go from commercial to feature or from commercial to TV? Uh, well, I went yeah from TV to features because um, the commercials and other little things that I did um, were mainly for television. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so mm-hmm. uh, my first feature was uh, Raggedy Ann and Andy mm-hmm. for Richard Williams. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, and, all right. Yeah. Wait, so that was was that in New York? Or that was in New York. Oh. It, it was actually produced in both New York and Los Angeles. Oh, okay. Because the uh, executive producers were based in New York. They were Broadway mm. producers. Oh, oh okay. wow. Oh. Because uh, 
the property was originally going to be either a live stage performance oh, interesting. Or, or a live <laughs> television. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Until oh, someone wow. I don't know who said, <laughs> you know, this is a cartoon we got going. <laughs> but uh, the, so those same producers were now attached to it. And these were guys, as I, as I remember, they had never done a film. Hmm at all mm-hmm. much less an animated one right. yeah like so i came to feel really sorry for them yeah. <laughs> they're like oh this is the same right no, oh, no. Yeah, not quite wow. everybody because <laughs> i'm just thinking like you're probably producer and you've never I, I like is it something like all right i I I want to be producing this so i'm not gonna like have anyone else like join in on this project or like I don't know, like, oh, you know what, this is animation, like, it's gonna be, like, I'm sure it'll be fine. Like, I wonder how that thought process is. <laughs> well, unfortunately, I missed out on that yeah. end of the thought process, but let's put it this way. Everybody had a major learning curve. No, yeah, man. I imagine. Oh, everybody, yeah. From, from the top down. Mm-hmm. I can, <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Most definitely. Mm-hmm. Because at that, Richard Williams hadn't done a feature mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So uh, ev- yeah, everybody. So this was before he started doing. Um, why am I blanking on the name? The the thief in the copper. Yes, that okay. one. <laughs> no, he no no no. He oh, okay. was he was working on the, the thief and the cobbler at the mm-hmm. time. That's okay. Right. Mm-hmm. But uh, the thief and the cobbler was a very special case because mm-hmm. it was his own picture with his own. He was doing with his own money. Mm-hmm. Right. Time. Right. And in fact, if I remember correctly, he took Raggedy Ann on so that he could get some street cred. Oh, with, okay. With the Hollywood mm-hmm. crowd. That you know? that's smart though. Yeah. Yeah. Very very smart. I'm, yeah. But I'm sure that like divided his time up a lot, probably. Mm. Oh, just, yeah. <laughs> just just a touch. Yeah. I think he was he was on airplanes much more than he oh. might have wanted. Wow. He had he was back and forth between three studios. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know that we're nowhere near close to each other. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, I couldn't even imagine. Like I barely even like going on the plane to visit family. Yeah, <laughs> but how did you get that opportunity though? Would did you did they? Because I know did they post like an application somewhere, or was it kind of like a word of mouth thing? And you were like, oh, I got to do it that. Was, yeah. It was word of mouth. What happened was uh, one of the producers at Teletactics. Uh, after I, I, I left, um, I got a call from him about a month or so later mm-hmm. saying, did you see this article in Playboy magazine? <laughs> because, yeah, they ran, from the connection. <laughs> yeah, well, they ran an article about the, that Richard was doing uh, this, this feature in New York. Okay. Oh, okay. And he said, "Do you know about this?" I said, "No, I did not." Uh-huh. Hmm. Yeah, let let me find out about this. So that that's how that came about. Oh wow, that's pretty awesome. That is groovy. That's cool. Like w- getting your like first big like feature gig, working for someone like that. It's like, oh no, you you got to take that. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It it well it was a once in a lifetime thing, and I knew that I was you know, it was a big. Um, it was a very big choice to have to make because I was directing mm-hmm. at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, I was in my, my early 20s mm-hmm. and I was directing mm-hmm. and designing and everything. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, 
I knew if I was to take this job, I was going to, you know, be busted back to doing an in, in, in between. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So I thought, is, is it worth the risk? And uh, even though it was, I still have, I still go a little back and forth and thinking about it. You know? mm. Oh, interesting. Uh, but it was most definitely a once in a lifetime mm-hmm. thing because at that time, Richard was uh, gathering all of these golden age animators together mm-hmm. and juicing them all like oranges, you know, to mm-hmm. get all, the, 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 all of their <laughs> yeah. sacred arcane knowledge, you know. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, these are all the people whose work I grew up on. Right. I will probably never have this chance again. You know, that's right. So, so, yeah. so take, yeah, it. take that, <laughs> take that chance. Do not let that you come put it in your pocket. Right. <laughs> Hold on to that. You bet. <laughs> so, working on that film, did that kind of give you uh, cred for when you eventually made the move out west, or did it take a while? Definitely. Okay. Definitely. Mm. In fact, I think that. I'm not sure about this, but I'm I'm have, taking an educated guess that Richard himself had a lot to do with that. Oh, okay. Because when uh, when it, the when Raggedy Ann ended for me, uh, Dick made an offer to uh, to me and to Eric Goldberg. Oh. Who was one of my co-workers? <laughs> whoa, <on the> whoa! <laughs> and said, uh, "Well, you know, do you want to come to London to my studio, or would you like to go to uh, Disney's?" And I thought, "Hmm, okay," because you know, both of them were were at the time were very, very much uh, at the top of the game, mm-hmm. and uh, each had very different things to offer. Right. So I re- I remember. Being in LA, a group of us came out here uh, to just, you know, look at the, search, you know, search out the territory. Oh yeah, feel mm-hmm. it out. Yeah. And uh, I remember sitting on a bus bench with Eric Goldberg and saying, "Well, you know what? What do you think I should do? What should I do? Because it, it was such a rough choice." And he said, "Ah, oh, you know what you want to do." <laughs> <laughs> like you know, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I was curious about Disney. Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, like, like everybody else was. Mm-hmm. What else is calling? <laughs> <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. So did you? Um, so did you end up going west, or did you go? I London? ended up going west. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm sitting right here, so of course. I'm well, <laughs> hey, it's not illegal to come back to America if you leave. <laughs> this is true. You, know? you could have well, gone yeah, to, yeah, to London and, London and be like. Eh. Eh. Like been there for a month. Like oh, I don't really well, like this. It came that's back the thing. to so, Eric. Eric went to London. Oh and wow! I came out here. Oh okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. And then he eventually came back. I yeah. Guess. <laughs> so I got, yeah. So I got I got to learn about London from him. Okay. And, you know, and uh, had the L.A. experience mm-hmm. <laughs> firsthand. Yeah. Wow. And then okay, so you come out here, um, and you start working at Disney. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So what did you start? Uh, working on first well now okay uh first thing i would i came in as a trainee Mm. so uh, what that meant was that they gave you two months to do two uh little pencil test films Mm. and so they could check you out Mm -hmm. and if you passed that test then you stayed Mm -hmm. and uh 
that was kind of fun because I had no idea what was going to happen because you know that that was you know Disney was like Valhalla for animators, right. you know. Mm. So I thought, well, I'm going to try this out. If if it doesn't work, at least I've been there, mm-hmm. right? You know, because I knew that either either way, being there would be an educational experience, mm-hmm. and it would be good on a resume oh, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. So, um, and also, you got paid. Oh wow, that is very significant. That's very That's right. Very very. So so it was kind of, so it was kind of like a paid internship for two for two months almost. Right. Mm, interesting. Cool. Okay. Be nice if they were paid internships. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, there are, but not a whole bunch. Well, that, yeah, that's very that different was a good time. lesson because I thought, too, yeah, that was a different time. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I thought, no, I'm not work. I don't work for free. Mm-hmm. No. Mm. Yeah, your t- your time is important. You that's know. right. That's right. So uh, you, I'm, I'm guessing you passed that training <laughs> <laughs> session. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I yeah. The, the the training session, and uh, then I went on to the fox and the hound. Mm. Oh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. So cry every time. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Huh? I cry every time <laughs> I watch that. When oh man, she leaves Todd. I'm like, I don't know. Here's coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I was on that as a junior animator. Oh, okay. Working under Frank Thomas. Wow. Was, <laughs> yeah, that's okay. fantastic. No, I, okay, now you okay, I'm glad you know who he was yeah, because oh, yeah. I, have to, I have to ask, you know, young people now if they, oh. they know who he was. Mm. So That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> so you, I'm 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 assuming that you absorbed so much knowledge than working under people like Frank and like just all those guys. Well, it, yeah, it it was it was interesting. I I have to say, well, okay, let me get to that in a second. Mm. Um, the uh, along with Frank, I also worked under Eric Larson because he was in charge of the training program at that time. So I started with him, mm. and uh, I really couldn't have had a better mentor because uh, he apparently he had been. Uh, working with newcomers for quite a while okay. mm. over there, you know, before they had that that version of the training program, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he was doing it on a uh, you know an informal basis for for many years, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, his personality was such so that he he was able to work with uh, newcomers uh, without blowing his top. <laughs> mistakes. Yeah, you know, he was he was very gentle mm. to work with. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, mentorship is like so important for people to have, especially like in the arts. Like you need someone who is at a higher level that can be like, "That's good," but here, let me like uh, let me help you with that. Yeah, really <laughs> patient with you and like yeah, yeah, and yeah. understand where you're coming from as a beginner. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly, and what what's. I have to to say this, too, that those two experiences, Raggedy Ann and Disney, uh, were proof positive for me that there were no coincidences. Mm -hmm. Because um, on Raggedy Ann, I was assisting an animator named Emery Hawkins, Mm -hmm. whose work I had grown up watching in Warner Brothers cartoons, among others. And I found out that he was very much like me, personality-wise, mm-hmm. uh, in that he didn't like staying at one studio for a, a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but nevertheless, he was one of the, the animators who helped build 
the Disney studio mm. back in the, in the 30s. And, um, of course, uh, Frank Thomas, uh, I had, in watching his work, you know, growing up watching his work, I was, you know, I remembered a lot of scenes that he did that at the time I had no idea were his. Mm. So when I finally found out mm. what he had done, I thought, whoa, well, this is fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I've known your work for some time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I've admired it for some time. Yeah, ain't that, so. I, I feel like that happens a lot with many, many artists who mm. are just, when they find out who worked on the, the projects that, they seen it as kids and that inspired them and they're like then you're like oh. you <laughs> are wait you did that whoa explosion yeah mm -hmm. like you just talk, talking now about different things and also like um when you reached out and um i was looking through your body of work in further detail because mm -hmm. i i knew about you when i was in college but oh, i mm -hmm. researched a little bit more and i was like he's worked on so many things that i watched all the time yeah. this is really cool yeah <laughs> Yeah, I was doing the same. I was like, "Oh snap!" Like he's he's worked on so many things. I'm even like, "Wow!" Do you think about Batman Class of Three Thousand? Yeah, like, huh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like those. <laughs> those are great. Oh. Mm -hmm. Thank you, and I'm glad you liked them. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you mm -hmm. for being really cool. And working <laughs> <on them. laughs> so, how many uh, years did you spend at Disney? I was not there long at all. Mm. I was there just a little over a year. Mm -hmm. And then uh, that the first time around. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and then you, uh, I'm guessing. They brought, they brought you back yeah. or? Uh, 10 years later. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Was that more of them reaching out to you or are you poking back in? Like, hey, what you got going on? No, that was them reaching out to me, actually. Okay. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So what happened? Ten, what's with the 10 year wait? <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, what happened in, in between times was that uh, I actually, uh, I went back to New York. Mm. Okay. And uh, I got back into, uh, let's see, what was I doing? I was doing quite a bit of stuff because now I was also, I was bringing work uh, back from L.A. Because mm. uh, even when I was at Disney, I was doing work, I was freelancing for other places. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. um, just at the end of Raggedy Ann, I met a guy uh, named uh, Dave Bennett who was a production assistant. Mm -hmm. And I give you an idea how, how Richard's, Richard Williams' mind, uh, mind worked. Uh, Dave was a production assistant who was also an artist. Oh. Mm. And he got, Dick gave him the chance to actually design the, um, the logo for the movie. That was used in all of the, the advertising and marketing. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Wow, yeah. Yeah, give it a, give, a PA yeah, that right? opportunity. That's, all, that's really cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, uh, Dave ended up working for a place in, from uh, his native Cleveland, Ohio, mm. that was called Rick Reinert Productions. And this was a place that did um, PSAs. For like the American Dental Association and uh, various other groups like that, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, again, uh, doing a lot of you know low budget commercials and things, mm -hmm. and they were just uh, coming up a few notches, and uh, they were just about actually to move to L.A. and and get some bigger game, you know, mm -hmm. and I was freelancing for them mm -hmm. thanks to Dave. Uh, 
uh, I was freelancing for them, which I did for the next 10 years. Hmm. Uh, and alongside that, let's see, I was working at a place called uh, Film Fair for a little bit. Now, Film Fair was one of the group of large cartoon studios in those days that was, you know, uh, doing commercials. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was there for a while. And I don't remember where else. Uh, I, I, oh, oh, yeah, I did <laughs> my introduction to Hanna-Barbera. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. At that time, well, too. Mm. Uh, which didn't last too long. Mm. But at least, you know, I had done it. And I would come back to them later. Mm-hmm. So uh, that now, was that a lot of animating things. or was that character design or a little uh, bit of everything? It was. A, yeah, it was mainly animating. Okay. Mm. Uh, did some character design at Hanna-Barbera. Mm-hmm. Uh, which uh, it was quite. That was the, the first uh, experience with Scooby Doo, mm-hmm. which I, I, I've come back to uh, <laughs> many years later. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get to that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's but, cool. Yeah, it's really great. And then, okay, so uh, where are we in the timeline? <laughs> Ten years later, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're back at Disney. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, one thing I, I, I want to mention. Oh, yeah. I also did a, a side, uh, a little side trip. Um, a few years before I went back to Disney mm-hmm. Animation, mm-hmm. I worked for them in uh, consumer products. Oh, okay. Yeah. York. Yeah. That was fun. That mm-hmm. was one of the best jobs I've ever had, actually. Was that um, illustration character design? Like, what was the... Uh, no, not character design. Mm-hmm. I was designing toys. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, toy design. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And like any, anything you could slap the characters on. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that's, that's what awesome. I was doing. So I was doing, you know, apparel and mm-hmm. all, all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it, that, that was a wonderful time, I have to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was that the only yeah. time you ever did uh any consumer product work for them or did you ever go back like they ever reach out to you say like hey can you maybe do this or that or? Mm-hmm. i did a few little things off and on but it wasn't um no it was, wasn't wasn't like it was uh, at that time it was just like little things that would come up periodically mm-hmm. okay but uh no i was there for about three years mm. and um i had actually left animation uh i thought <laughs> but yeah, that you know, if the, once you once you got the bug, you never really get rid right. of it. So I, mm-hmm. I, I went back I, while I was doing that. I was also freelancing mm-hmm. on animation again, mm-hmm. and that was when I started doing Sesame Street. As a matter of fact, oh, mm-hmm. cool. Okay. Um, while uh, I guess working at all these different studios and working in consumer products uh, during this time, did you ever work on projects for yourself? Like, have uh, any animated stories that you were trying to like do on the side a few little things yeah mm-hmm. i never got into uh, my own stuff that much which i'm i'm sorry for mm-hmm. uh at one point i was at a school called uh, i went to parsons school of design mm-hmm. in new york they took an animation class there just to force myself <laughs> to <do something. laughs> mm-hmm. and uh i did get i did make some headway on a private project there Mm. which i'm hoping to finish up soon now oh (laughs) all these years later Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh but that that's that's really about it i i yeah i did have ideas for other things um including a version of uh 
A Wrinkle in Time. Oh, Ooh, okay. And uh, The Little Mermaid. Oh, oh. yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I really love seeing uh, different versions of things like, I mean, like, like specifically like fairy tales to be specific like i love seeing different versions or other people's takes on it yeah. like um well that that's why happily ever after yeah, was so happily ever after prolific i guess was like, fantastic i remember watching that as a child the hbo oh, show i remember watching yeah. that as a kid and seeing, seeing n- not white people yeah. as characters like, uh, like black goldilocks i was like yeah. whoa I, I was like hey oh that's God. great <laughs> see this is fun for me to hear because mm-hmm. well you know i worked on that show yeah oh yeah, that's yeah, yeah, why yeah. i said it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just mm-hmm. making sure <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah this it, it's fun for me to hear this from you mm-hmm. because uh you know i don't I haven't heard you know a lot of feedback about that show it mm-hmm. was very it good was really i love that show so much i'm like I I need to find at least like DVDs or something like some because qu- I want to rewatch them. You know, was that was that Hyperion or Jumble? That was Hyperion. Hyperion. Okay. Mm. All right, cool. Because um, because that was was that Bruce W. Smith's idea? Yeah. Well, yeah. Bruce, I don't know if it was his idea. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but he was the lead uh, character designer. Oh, okay. Mm. Okay. For the first season. Mm-hmm. And then I think he shifted over. He had he had ideas that he was trying to sell at mm-hmm. Hyperion. So I think he shifted over to uh, developing one of his own ideas for them. Was that Proud Family? Maybe. Yeah. Okay. What, what I think what became Proud Family. Yeah. Mm. And I took over for him. Oh, okay. Mm. Which is funny because that this this was that was the first of a few times that he was he started something and then I would take over. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did it feel really good to kind of like start designing these characters who weren't just like your typical like white protagonist mm. and, and it was because i know that like we mentioned like it was just very profound for us being like us young kids watching it mm-hmm. so just wondering like how did it feel for you like making uh something like that or, oh, like and being just, part of the creative process for it, was, it it was a lot of fun because it was uh, stylistically uh it ran a bit of a gamut um of course, the main thing was you know the ethnicity mm-hmm. slant of mm-hmm. it, which was a lot of fun for me, and mm-hmm. it was very you know because I had been draw- you know I had been drawing black characters for a while of my own, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, no, I didn't get too many opportunities to do it on uh, on the outside. Mm-hmm. You know? So that yeah, that that was a lot of fun mm-hmm. uh, to be able to to uh, you know work these to finally you know have some professional play with these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely. Mm. Was uh, happily ever after the first time, like you were able to play around with um, the uh, different ethnicity characters, like on a project professionally, or like uh, did you have you done it previously? Oh, I don't. I have to think about that a little mm. bit. Yeah, because I'm because wondering. I'm, hmm? Yeah, no, I was just gonna say I'm wondering like um, about uh, just times where there was a possibility or like you had suggested like oh maybe this character could be like a different ethnicity or it could be a black character when like a character originally wasn't and things like that Mm. i don't recall that offhand what what's coming to to memory Mm. is uh working on the chipmunk adventure Mm -hmm. another good because (laughs) i was uh I, i think i was the first 
I think I was the first artist on that thing. Oh, wow. I think mm. because, uh, I, you know, maybe one of two or three. Mm -hmm. Because I was called in, I had worked on the TV series. Mm -hmm. And I, so I was called in to do, uh, uh, actually, I was, I, was, I was going to direct it. Mm. Oh. And I was also doing storyboard, character design, mm -hmm. and inspirational art mm. on that. I had a lot of stuff on that picture. Mm -hmm. What I was, what what I discovered was that at uh, at that time was that all of the villains were dark. Mm. All of the bad guys were dark. Mm. And so I brought this up to uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. how would that be? Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm glad I did because then they all became uh, he the heroes mm -hmm. of the picture at the end. They, all, mm. they turned out they, they all became cops from Interpol. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm glad I was able to do that. Yeah, that, that, that would have been a different looking movie. Yeah, it would have been a very, yeah. very different yeah like, i feel yeah. like if i was a child watching it, i'd be like oh i don't notice and then watching it uh older because i've gone back to revisit it recently i would have been like oh mm. yeah and i, I feel oh. like there, there are like so many things um in uh, that are you know played out in animation when it comes to like um black i guess reference characters or even black characters that people put in but then don't realize um really affect the children the black children that are watching it right. and have a negative effect on the black children that are watching it without yeah. really realizing well, it even like, the, like, like themselves like the donkey girl in fantasia oh yeah <laughs> like That's the, not the a good donkey one. girl in fantasia yeah well, yeah. yeah yeah i mean you well as you well know, you know mm -hmm. that was normal mm -hmm. at mm -hmm. that time mm -hmm. you know it's funny you remind me of something um a friend of mine uh was giving a, a talk about uh, just that, mm. about uh, black imagery in American animation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what he didn't realize, what we didn't realize was that in the audience was an animator, a golden age animator named Bill Justice, mm -hmm. who had, uh, had, had his, you know, spent his career at Disney. Mm -hmm. And he came up to my friend after, the, sh after the, uh, the lecture and said, you know, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, we mm -hmm. had no idea we were hurting people. Mm -hmm. That's something you don't hear often, like a genuine response of like... A, no, you don't. Yeah, no. never, <laughs> yeah, never hear that. Kind of like, eh, get so, over it. Yeah. Or like, oh, why are you trying to get rid of it? Like, oh, it's like, just ah, how it was. Don't, you're, yeah, you're too sensitive. Like, yeah. oh, okay. Uh, black people being sensitive. All, all right, Joanne. I, I don't know. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Joanne. I don't know. It's a basic name I can think of for <laughs> somebody complaining about basic it. Name. Joanne. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I mean, but you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, as it was with Chipmunk Adventure, uh, they still have those, uh, uh, I think they were supposed to be, what, South Sea Islanders. Oh, yeah. The, what is it? The, yes. the Wooly Bully song or whatever? Yeah. That's a little. Uh, yeah. It's like when they go to that island or whatever, and you have like the kind of like native people and everything. Like, oh my god! It's a little. It's a little. It's a lot. Now speaking on that, um, when you started to come into these studios, be it Disney or even uh, when you were in advertising for a time, did you ever have a moment when you looked around and you were like, 
where are the other people that look like me? Or was there a mix of people? Well, let's see. Here's the best way I can answer that. I mean, I, I was, I, you know, knew I was going to be the only one or one of a handful mm-hmm. wherever I went. And uh, let's say at, like, say at Disney, you know, um, they didn't have a history of uh, black people, certainly. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I figured, yeah, I was going to, I, I, you know, I was stealing myself because I thought I might have some trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. But um, also, okay, before that, just before that, I was fortunate enough to work for a fellow named T. Collins. I don't know if you've heard of him. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. But uh, he was the first, to my knowledge, uh, the first uh, black artist to have his own cartoon studio. Oh, okay. In New York. Nice. Yeah. That's and, something I'd never. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, at after at his place, I met another fellow named Jim Simon. Mm. And you may know T's work, T's and Jim's work from Sesame Street. Okay. I don't mm-hmm. know. Uh, but they had done a few things. T had done something called Wanda the Witch. Uh, there's, I don't know if you've seen it because it's first season or, you know, it's very early. Okay. Maybe not then. It's been on a long time. Mm-hmm. But uh, T did some of the earliest uh, cartoon segments for Sesame Street. And I worked on, I think it was the second one that he did. Um, it was called Nancy the Nanny Goat. <laughs> the letter N. That's <laughs> cute. And uh, Jim did one. Jim animated. After he left T's place, he animated one that's uh, made the rounds of YouTube since then. That a lot of black kids especially remember. Mm. Because it was about a little girl who her mother's his her mother sends her to the grocery store. Yes, the I've seen that one. Wait, what? Yeah. The little girl's going to the grocery store, and she's like, "I need," uh, she's like, "I need milk," and I need, and like she's kind of signing out the letters or spelling them. I remember she, that. Re- oh, yes, cool. yes, she's repeating all the, the things that she needs to get. Oh, nice. Yeah, so, I, yeah, you need to see I that mean, after yeah, this show. Yeah. To you, I'm like, I'm thinking like now I. I I just want to hop on YouTube and find all of the Sesame Street videos that I've had now. <laughs> I didn't have cable, so I watched a lot of Sesame Street. Right <laughs> there were a lot of like fantastic uh, animated segments in Sesame Street. Yes, there were. Like, yeah. Really, really great segments. Yeah. It's something to, really fun to revisit. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, Sesame Street uh, kept New York animators busy mm-hmm. for quite a while. That, that was a godsend mm-hmm. to, to New York animators. It really was. So, um, I think that, you know, those experiences certainly were helpful because at least I knew there was somebody else right. <laughs> around because I, I know now I'm hearing from, from young, uh, black people coming into the business mm-hmm. that they don't know that we, ex- that, that, you know, old timers like me exist at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah. scares the hell yeah, out of me. When yeah, I, exactly. I, when I was graduating or like like for most of my college time, I had no idea who any like black animators, creative people were. Mm-hmm. Like I found out about Floyd Norman like randomly on Tumblr one day and I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, oh. And 
I think I found out about you like near the end of college. Mm -hmm. And then I heard about you again from a friend and I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. all right, all right. Yeah, I I remember sometime in college, like I found a Facebook page that was African-American animators past and present. Mm -hmm. And I think you're... Picture is currently like the the profile picture for that page. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and that's what I was kind of like. That, oh that, yeah, there, that was yeah. quite an honor. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but just like finding that. that page was like, oh okay, like they're like, uh, they're here and they're doing many different jobs, and they've been here and for a, been for here. a while. Yeah, when I was when I was little. Uh, I knew I was going to get into animation because I, you know, I just have so many odd memories. You know, uh, I would remember things that an ordinary kid would not remember mm-hmm. about these things, and I would, you know, I read credits, mm-hmm. and I remember on the Alvin Show. Okay, so how old was I? Nine. Mm-hmm. Okay, nine years old, and I remember seeing these two names, Frank Braxton. And Bob Gold. Years later, I found out they were both black. Whoa. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Frank Braxton uh, started in the business from at Warner Brothers. Mm. He had come out. I don't remember where he was from, but he came here and got a job as a cab driver. And if I remember correctly, how the legend goes, I think... One of his fares was uh, an animator named Ben Washam. Hmm. Uh, They got to talking, and uh, Ben um, tricked the recruiting guy at Warner Brothers into hiring Frank (laughs) by saying, you know, how do you feel about black... Uh, wow! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't like really social guilt him. <laughs> put you on the spot. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. So nice. Put him on the spot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, I love that story. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Frank became, to my knowledge, the first Hollywood. Black animator. Yeah, I was. Never heard that name though. No, yeah, I was reading recently that he was the first Hollywood uh, black animator pretty Mm -hmm. recently. Yeah. See, we need to uh, know these things that we don't. (laughs) That's that's why I'm telling you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And uh, um, Frank, so Frank started there, I think, as an in betweener. I guess like you know, like everybody else did at the time. You either started in in ink and paint Mm -hmm. or as an in betweener. And uh, I'm one of the last of, of that group to do that because uh, now all the entry level art jobs are gone. Mm. So I'm very lucky mm-hmm. that way. And uh, uh, Frank was at Warner, and uh, so was Bob Gold, if I remember correctly. Mm. Uh, and they went on to uh, careers in television. Mm. You know, they started in the theatrical shorts at Warner and went on to TV. And Bob Gold became a director at Hanna-Barbera. Um, and Frank, unfortunately, died much too young. Mm. He was in his early 40s. Oh, wow. Oh, wow, yeah. So, but he did, you know, uh, he was 
around long enough mm-hmm. to make a mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was at UPA. Oh wow! Working on their early TV stuff. Those uh, the uh, Magoo and Dick Tracy. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> the UPA mm-hmm. stuff is beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Love that minimalist style. Like it's so great. And, mm-hmm. uh, doggone, I can't remember what else he did, but it's easy enough to. I think it's easy enough to find. Yeah, I you know, you should you should ask like you know, ask Floyd mm-hmm. and uh, Floyd's one-time business partner, Leo Sullivan. Oh mm. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I ran into him at CTN. Remember? Oh, oh you oh. did. Yeah, I ran into I ran into Leo Sullivan at CTN. That's why I ran off that one time. Oh, okay. I was like, is that? And then I, I just, just ran. About this. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember when you were like, mm. I was like, wait, wait why does nobody know who this is? I have like, to go okay. talk to him. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know where Leo got started. I don't recall. But oh yes, I do. I think he started at uh, Snowball, which was Bob Clampett's. Uh, TV cartoon studio. Okay. Doing Beanie and Cecil. Hmm. Didn't know Bob Clampett had like his own thing for a little bit. I oh, know no? I did mm-hmm. no idea. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. He was. Uh, I feel like I read about it. He had. Yeah. He was a bit of a visionary too mm-hmm. because he was thinking about getting into television in the 1940s. Oh. And uh, he also, he, he, he uh, took a few opportunities to work on his own stuff when he was still you know, at, at Warner. Uh, he did some sideline things, one of which was especially interesting. He, he uh, did a, uh, a, some test footage on something, on, on a, uh, an Edgar Rice Burroughs uh, story. You know, he, he was a, you know, Burroughs was the creator of Tarzan mm-hmm. and the, uh, the John Carter of Mars. Mm-hmm. Uh, books and uh, Clampett wanted to do John Carter in the late 1930s mm-hmm. and so he did do some test footage which is on the uh, DVD extras on Beanie and Cecil so uh, I often wondered man if, if that had taken off that would have come out before or at the same time uh, all things considered as Max Fleischer's Superman cartoons oh yeah yeah uh, and it would have taken animation in another direction. So, uh, but getting back to Leo, mm-hmm. um, that's where I think he started. And from then on, talk, talk to him mm-hmm. and talk to Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> because they teamed up and uh, mm-hmm. you know, found out what they did together. Mm-hmm. Kind of going back to uh, the diversity aspect of it, where you were working um, I remember hearing a story from another guest on our podcast who mentioned a gathering of all or either most of the uh, black an- uh, animators in the business, uh, and you were p- part of that group? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a fellow named Alan Wright. Mm. We were working on the first Batman series, mm-hmm. and he just he had an idea to just get a lunch together mm-hmm. you know about, about you know just just a, you know a few of us or maybe maybe like a dozen of us mm-hmm. as i recall and word got out you know there, there was a uh he was gonna we were gonna have it at a soul food soul food restaurant mm-hmm. in uh that was near the studio mm-hmm. this is when uh warner was in uh sherman oaks mm-hmm. and word got out 
And so this thing just grew and grew and grew. And we, you know, my wife and I went over there and people just came, people were coming in, coming in and coming <laughs> wow. out. And uh, man, you know, we, we had like 40 some odd people in this tiny little place. Yeah. <laughs> it was wonderful. It was that wonderful. Is- that. Yeah, I can imagine it was like refreshing to kind of see like, yeah, oh, I can hey, that everybody's here. Of, like, yeah, oh, wow. Like this is like, way more. Like <laughs> yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like the entire population, the entire population of black animation Hollywood mm-hmm. was in this restaurant. Wow. Yeah. I love hearing that story. <laughs> now, was it, uh, were there some people that you didn't know? Were there some mm. people that you knew? Oh, there, there were, Yeah. They were both, and, <laughs> uh, but you know they're all um, uh, all categories of uh, of you know uh, the work you know mm-hmm. the production the artists and production people mm-hmm. of all stripes, mm-hmm. and yeah, it was something mm-hmm. you know because nobody expected this like oh you know oh did you hear about this yeah oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah like it's not it's not like nowadays when you can like easily like send an invite out or something and then people will know about this is like all. Like uh, word of mouth, yeah. so like that to to see that result after just all of word oh, of mouth. Man. Like, oh, man, about man, we must have made that restaurant very happy. Yeah, very. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of business that day. <laughs> Probably like, oh, yeah. can you guys do this again? Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it was terrific. It was. <laughs> and even then, the words, um, it was a good amount of people, but did it still kind of feel like when you think about the entire population of uh creatives whether they're production or doing like the animation side of things as a whole in the industry uh did it kind of seem like okay like i see everyone now but it also feels like we there's still not a lot of us or or were you all just like so enthralled to like see each other that at that moment it didn't really matter well i think yeah i i I would say yeah definitely uh we were you know enthralled Mm -hmm. at seeing each other yeah but I had to say, I don't remember if I thought this way at the time, mm-hmm. but later on, I felt like, you know, if you if somebody had dropped a bomb on that restaurant, mm-hmm. you know, wiped out the um, entire... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, well, there goes all the black animators and all. Black yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, wow. Now, I'm curious. Um, I'm a little curious about... Uh, this next topic that I'm about to bring up, and it might be like a little bit personal, but um, uh, are you are you still excited about working in animation? Because you you uh, talk about a little bit of the the times where you're outside of animation, and I think even to myself, I think years down the line, am I gonna still be craving to work on animation or work in this craft? So mm-hmm. I'm curious to how you feel. To me, it's a calling, mm. and with all the rough times that I've had in it, mm-hmm. it's still a calling. Mm-hmm. So I'm still drawn to it, and uh, you know, uh, yeah, I've had I've had a lot of rough times in it, and uh, yes, I did. At least I thought I was leaving it mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for a while, but even even what I left it, you know, quote unquote, left it mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. was related. Right, right. I'm still a cartoonist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's still something creative that and you're it's doing. Still, yeah, and it's still related to animation because it's Disney. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, 
No, I never got far away from it. Mm. And uh, it's just something that's I think is in my blood. Mm-hmm. So uh, <laughs> I have a friend, uh, Anthony Bell, who's a director. You should talk to him too. All right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All these good recommendations. He's black too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, yeah, he was a director, as a matter of fact, on uh, Happily Ever After. Oof. He was the director of uh, the, the second season. Okay. Mm. So we definitely talked to him. Mm-hmm. But uh, he he he's asked me again and again, you know, how do I keep my uh, desire going for it and my equilibrium? And I say, you know, I, I really don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it just it comes down to to love that's what it is mm-hmm. that's what it is right it's pure, pure and simple i love it that's it is there any part of the process that you're particularly more passionate passionate about than others because i know a lot of people really really like know you for your character design work but you have done some you have uh, directing and you have done some animated so is there like one that you prefer i miss animating mm. Mm. And I have to get back into it. I miss it very much. Um, I love bringing characters to life. Mm. And uh, I'm sorry that things took the turn where you're not really able to do that much in this country mm. unless you do CG. Right. Which I do not do. Because all right. the animating, because it's all over, or for the most part, it's and, all and, overseas. Right, and even and the CG has gone overseas too. What are significant changes that you've noticed from your perspective in the animation industry since we're talking about uh, CG animation? Unlike animation mm-hmm. going overseas and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I miss drawing. Mm. I miss that very, very much. I think that drawn animation has an entirely different feel to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry to see that go away. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think (laughs) maybe what really, one one, one thing that really gets my goat uh, is when I see a uh, CG animated feature, CG animated cartoon feature, Mm -hmm. where drawn animation is used in, in a dream sequence. Mm. or something that uh, that's painful mm. <laughs> for me too because that's all because that's all you're gonna get because mm. that's all you're gonna get generally it's also more interesting than what's around it yeah right. i definitely like i yeah. would rather see the whole thing yeah <laughs> i definitely had like moments um uh, I'll say a specific one like uh, Kung Fu Panda. I was just thinking. I was <laughs> just thinking about Kung Fu Panda. It starts 2D and it's like, whoa, this is amazing. Yes. And then he drops out of the dream sequence. And you're like, wait, wait, go hold like, on. Go back to that. <laughs> go back to wait. Yeah. <laughs> that was uh-huh. that's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I would enjoy a full like feature of that. Yeah. And Kung Fu Panda, like it, it it's good. But mm. that visual style change from the beginning, I'd be like, oh, give me more of that. Yeah, I, I, I remember thinking <laughs> that in the theater, like, yeah. wait, no. <laughs> Can we, is, <laughs> Go there, is there going to be more of this? No? Ah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I, I, I do and I don't understand the move towards CG. I think that part of it was certainly made up of a drive to have 
an animation pipeline mm -hmm. that more closely resembled a live action pipeline mm. to make folks uh, feel more comfortable mm -hmm. in, in producing these things. Mm -hmm. Also, obviously, you're not at the mercy of the variety of artists' talents um, that you are with drawn animation. Mm -hmm. So that seems to, that at least at first appearance, would seem to make things a lot easier. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, something is very definitely lost because you don't, you no longer have certainly not to, to the same degree, you no longer really have the individual touch to mm -hmm. anything anymore. Mm -hmm. And coupled with that, well, this, this is a malady in contemporary uh, hand-drawn stuff as well. Animators are tending to copy each other mm. in how they perform the characters. Mm. There, you know, there's a... Um, a formula. There, there are a lot more formula actions that I see from film to film, from studio to studio, mm -hmm. from country to country, mm. that uh, just says that people are rushing to get these things done. They're not, they're not even really thinking about performing mm. a character. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just a matter of filling frames. <laughs> yeah, getting you know, all the minutes that you need to mm -hmm. get down for it to be counted as a feature, like mm. just getting the job done so we can uh, have it out in time and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, a, a, a colleague of mine who bounced back and forth between uh, hand drawn and CG uh, put it this way: He said that uh, in CG at that time that animators were referred to as movers. Hmm. Wow. That says it all. Movers? Yeah, just moving around of the puppet, like not hmm. animating it, not yeah, having it, not, giving it a personality, not, just moving it yeah. around. Yeah. It kind of it kind of reminds me of like, I know this is a term that I, I guess I have to get used to, but in the advertising world, uh, a creative is called just a resource. Like I need resources. Like I need this person to be my resource. And while I understand it, it still kind of makes me feel like not like a person yeah, sometimes. Yeah, that's very when they use that term. sounding. A yeah, resource. Yeah. Like a, a river's a resource. Yeah, like, like, like I wow. get it, but I also feel a little like knocked down mm -hmm. by it, Oh, yeah, it is demeaning. Mm -hmm. It is definitely demeaning. And that's why I don't like the term creatives either. Mm. Because I feel that's also demeaning. That's a step down from just artist. Mm. Mm. The word artist frightens people. <laughs> if they can put it in a little corporate box and call you a creative. Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't yeah. even have to finish that sentence. We use creative a lot in our description, but I feel like that's because um, that's mostly because pe some people or we have people that we interview that aren't specifically artists but work mm. in animation so we say creatives because it's like it opens a little bit uh who we will be interviewing and talking to mm -hmm. like as long as we're not calling people resources yeah as long as we're not like uh these black, black resources, resources. <laughs> 
Yeah, now you know. Now, you know, <laughs> oh, now no. you know where we're heading with that direction. Oh, oh man. Yes. Man, oh man. Let's go back a few hundred years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right. What and, a hot uh, take. Yeah. Yes. Was there anything that you specifically would like to talk about? Like something that you really want to like mention, maybe to like young folks coming in or mm. something like that, or just like how how things were before or something mm. at all in that vein. Mm. The other day, I saw an article about a young black woman who has gathered other black women artists for a, a new enterprise, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I wanted to find out more about that because. Uh, <laughs> Uh, ben Price, the fellow who who put put up that the uh, animation, the African American animators Facebook page. Mm-hmm. I had spoken to him and uh, another fellow, Jerry Bryce, about uh, doing a Comic Con uh, panel okay. on black animators, and you know, so then, of course the, the the question came up. All right, we want we want to make sure that we have a balance. Male and female, young and old, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, I, you know, we were able to put together, fortunately, mm-hmm. you know, a fairly good list of female talent. Mm-hmm. You know, good meaning as far as numbers. Mm-hmm. Okay, but it's still we're still in a situation where, as you said much earlier that black children altogether are not really steered towards, uh, certainly not towards animation mm-hmm. or towards other graphic artist jobs all mm-hmm. that much. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we're in a situation where it's a special thing where black people, period, are doing it. And uh, extra special when black women are doing it. Because, oh, yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah, there. I had no idea that there were even any black women in animation for a long time. Mm, yeah. Because I just didn't see anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I mentioned on a previous episode that uh, Sydney Clifton was the first black woman in animation that I knew about. Right. Who at the time was HR for Bento Box Animation. Mm-hmm. And then I found out about Carol Holiday and listening. Uh, she had an episode, like an interview on a podcast called Ink and Paint Girls. And listening to her episode, I got emotional and I teared up because it really struck a chord with me that I'm like, oh, I need, I want to know more about more black women that are doing this because yeah. I just don't know any, especially that are uh, on the artist side of things as well. Mm-hmm. Like there, uh, when you get in terms of like uh, gender, there's a lot of women who are mostly doing production and production is awesome. Like we need it. But in terms of the artist side, I literally can only think of maybe five black women off the top of my head right now. So 
Yeah. That's really cool. I would look forward to whenever you guys get that panel together. It's yeah. awesome. Though. Yeah, that article you were talking about. Yeah, I remember seeing that. I think the morning it came up and I was just like, mm-hmm. Brie, look at this. Like, look at this right now. Like, we have to get this person on the podcast. And also, yeah. she, like, she said the, the woman in the article is from Chicago yeah. as well. So I was like, yeah. yeah. I saw that too. I was yeah. just like, Brie, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Chicago. Chicago. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Damn it. <laughs> What's up? I forgot. You go ahead. Well, okay. I feel like that was like a, that's a really good wrap up question. But... Yeah, we could go to the one Twitter question that we had. Okay. I, do you want to do that or? You. My, okay. I'll just ask my question and see yeah. if I can like put it in the middle somewhere. <laughs> so uh, are there any stories that you really want to see uh in animation these days or something that you want to see specific stories outside of the ones that uh, my wife karen and i have come up with mm-hmm. um i think it's more of not uh it's more sp- specific kinds mm-hmm. of stories mm-hmm. uh as you well know american animation is, has been sorely limited Mm-hmm. Uh, in the kinds of subject matter that it's done, so I, I would just love to see expansion mm-hmm. that way. And I know that everything that Karen and I have does not fall into any of, <laughs> of these established categories. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, I had felt this way. I, I wanted to see you know, a much a far broader spectrum of things since I was a kid. Because in the 60s, there was, it looked like there was a, t- I started in the field in 69. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I had grown up on, among other things, uh, TV commercials, animated TV commercials that were for adult products. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> All right. And so, you know, that and other things that I had seen, I, I thought that we were finally headed into new directions, mm-hmm. you know, with humor, with design, with subject matter and so forth. So by the time I, I was getting my feet wet professionally, I thought that maybe there was a chance for something new. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, there was a little bit of activity for a while with things like, you know, what Ralph Bakshi was doing, mm-hmm. you know, whatever you might think of it. It was different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there were little things uh, off and on with TV, you know, but nothing really caught hold. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was very disappointing. And uh, now with uh, the Internet, with, you know, with webtoons and webcomics and everything, Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, a new chance to finally get away from the usual. Mm-hmm. So what I'm hoping is that more people... Oh, I also wanted to mention um, Isao Takahata, who oh. passed away Yeah, that would be recently. sad. Uh, his Grave of the Fireflies <laughs> is one of the most powerful movies ever made, mm-hmm. period, live or animated. 
I still haven't seen it because I'm scared to oh. watch it because I know I'm going to cry really hard. Cry. Yeah, those, it's definitely one of those, those films where like, I, I want to watch it, but I'm so like, nervous. No, please, stay don't, in. don't be nervous. Don't because, yeah, it, that, yeah, I know how you feel. I guess the only gosh, a sound like a hot thing I have not watched because I'm like, oh. no, but it's it's beautiful. It. it is beautiful. Yeah, it see is, it you, because you it's see because it. if you you see it because it's just such a damn good movie. Mm. Mm-hmm. And see that this, but I'm glad you brought it up. I'm glad you brought up your feelings about it because that's that's a very American thing mm-hmm. with animation, right? Um, when I started at Disney, the animation the second time around in the '80s for Little Mermaid. Mm. Uh, when I when I came back out here to the studio, one of the earliest things that I was told was that we want to do fluff. We want everything light and, fl- mm. <laughs> light and fluffy mm. from here on. And uh, so, okay, well, that's the end of that. <laughs> yeah, that Little Mermaid story is uh, the original one. And the, the original uh, story is not light and fluffy. Yeah, it's not no. light and fluffy. <laughs> it's very different. No, it's not. Peter Pan's not even light and fluffy. Mm-hmm. Original look. No. He murders the last mm-hmm. boys when they get too old. Ugh. Very different. <laughs> yeah. Just a little different. But uh, really, yeah. Um, so, you know, Grave of the Fireflies is important, mm-hmm. I think, for all animators to see, if for no other reason than it demonstrates just how powerful this medium is. Mm-hmm. And if you get more people realizing that, they can finally spring it loose right. from all the stuff they've been doing. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, animation is a medium it's not a genre and a lot of people i feel like kind of box it in like oh you know that the animation genre it's for kids and it's like no, no you can do no, a lot no, more with it so much you can more. do so much yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But, but a lot of artists have to also believe that it's capable of that mm-hmm. and a lot of them don't yet right you yeah know, but <laughs> yeah no I, I, yeah i i definitely i feel like i that was something that i uh struggled with in college myself going getting into animation is kind of like okay you're i you know believe you're gonna be doing kids stuff and whatever and then you realize there's so much more like at least i did during college like there's so much more you can do and you don't even have to go uh into like the hollywood animation industry you can like make films yourself that are uh personal to you yeah and have uh different types of stories being told and right. like distribute them through like festivals and things like oh, that yeah. and mm-hmm. realizing that uh was a huge uh step in the right direction yeah uh, mm-hmm. in my artistic journey that's why a lot, i think that's why a lot of animation in other countries like not america because like you mentioned that is a very like american thought process like with animation like a lot of uh japanese stuff there are so many wide varieties of stories that are being so told. So many. <laughs> like you can get your kid-friendly thing or then you can get your deep existential crisis TV show that 12-year-olds are indeed watching. And you're yeah. like, well, over here you get not that. Yeah, it's you, like- you get a couple, there's a couple of shows that are kind of doing it, mm-hmm. but it's not as extreme. Yeah, I feel like there's mm-hmm. this weird, just... I don't know what the thought process exactly is behind it. And I, I guess it's mostly about like protecting children and stuff. But I feel like that thought process makes it feel like children aren't 
people or something you know like they're people they have they're gonna have like dreams and aspirations and they're gonna have screw-ups and negative thoughts and negative things happen in their lives right and i don't know i guess when when it comes down to it there's some type of feeling of uh protection like to children and then protections to the people that are making the things and like things like liability and things like i don't know i don't know exactly like all the businessy or legal things that come behind it but Uh, i feel like that's where you lose a lot of great storytelling yeah you're exactly right because it's being run by companies that feel that they have a lot to lose if they go in that direction Mm -hmm. but at the same time though you do have the new technology that allows you to do new things you know what 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 you need is experimenters who are willing to take that risk the the big companies can only take so much risk Mm -hmm. and uh you have to set up a new uh i don't want to well i hesitate to say a new system you Mm -hmm. know but you have to have something uh that's more that's more open more experimental Mm -hmm. um when I was f- working on Raggedy Ann, uh, 1976, Milt Carl quit Disney. I don't know if you if you know who he was. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. We know who Milt Carl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. And uh, <laughs> I it it made me wonder after I had gone to see the Rescuers, which was his swan song, you know. Yeah, that was the last one. Yeah. And I wondered, I was watching this thing and I was thinking about all those guys who are now in their 60s and thinking, can you imagine what these guys could do with the, the skill level that they have if they were actually doing subject matter that matched their age? Mm. Mm. Because that that it, that the rescuers hit, hit me between the eyes with that. Look at what these guys are able to do and what they're using it on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Not to say the rescuers was a bad movie mm-hmm. you know, or anything like that, but it's just a shame because there's my God the subject matter. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's a story about Walt Disney watching uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh. And lamenting that he he wanted to do a movie like that and he couldn't. Mm. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that, that would have been interesting to yeah, see something like that. Really cool, like in an animated yeah, format. Yeah, and I feel like coming from Disney too would have been a huge statement as well. Yeah. Like wow. But I think that's also part of like they had like Walt had kind of pigeonholed the company into like a certain brand and to tell certain stories yeah, yeah. and that's that kind of like got stuck mm. yeah yeah and uh, you know he he couldn't he he had become america's fantasist mm-hmm. uh, and so uh he was in no position now mm-hmm. to do anything else right mm-hmm. you had mentioned that you had worked on uh Disney features like Little Mermaid. Um, like, what was your role on that? Because I know a lot of people, uh, you did a character design for that particular film, right? And you've been credited as like designing Ariel. Like, how did that come about? Because I feel like a lot of people 
mostly know like Glenn's Ke- Glenn Keane's work for Ariel, but nobody like I didn't know that you had worked on her, her mm-hmm. design. Yeah. Like what what happened there? I think what happened was okay. At the time, Glenn was the star animator of the studio, and I didn't find this out until quite some time after because. I was also supposed to be Ariel's directing animator. Mm. But that position was given to Glenn. Mm. And I left the picture. Mm. Um, It could be, I'm I'm just conjecturing here, because this was 1988. Mm Mm-hmm. It could be, too, that at that time, they didn't feel comfortable with a black artist Mm. uh, doing that kind of a character Mm. over there. As I say, I can't say this is purely conjecture on my part. Of course. Mm -hmm. But... um, I was... Uh, mainly responsible for Ariel's design. Mm-hmm. Uh, alongside me were Tony Fucile, mm-hmm. Kevin Lima, mm-hmm. Philo Barnhart, and oh. uh, and <laughs> I have to say Jeffrey Katzenberg because he's responsible for that hairdo that <laughs> Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because at, at, at the time there was a, a popular supermodel named Christy Brinkley mm-hmm. who wore her hair that way. Was <laughs> mm. her trademark hair? So. <laughs> was it always floating in the <laughs> water and swooping? I feel like, they, wasn't that in the oh, breaking? Wasn't that in Waking Sleeping Beauty? Like they talked about that? It may have been because I saw I've that never, documentary. I've never seen the whole thing. So oh. I watched it recently, about several months ago. Mm-hmm. It's good doc. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, well, now you know who's responsible for that. Uh, mm. Did a similar situation happen with Bell? Because I, I've also seen that you've been credited with Bell's design as well. Yeah, I don't know. I know even less about that situation. I worked on the picture for maybe a couple of weeks mm. or so. But I did a drawing that uh, they liked very, very much. Mm-hmm. And uh, that gave Bill that trademark uh, lock of hair, that you know, that little unruly lock of hair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, that drawing, this was, this was like this this is like the second time I've had like mute testimony to my contribution mm. on uh, a Disney picture. It ended up in, in, in an exhibit in Korea. Oh. <laughs> wow. Whoa. Well, that's... I had... All I, right. Yeah. I had a, a, at the, a, a, a student who had, uh, had go, uh, at the School of Visual Arts mm. who was from Korea and had gone to a workshop that I had given over there. Oh, okay. And she got in touch with me after the fact and sent me these pictures and said, did you know this thing was over here? Wow. With my name on it. Wow. Okay. Wow. And you had no idea, like just from your students. I had no idea. All right then.
typically have a segment like near the end of our podcast where we have some engagement from our audience. And uh, we got a Twitter question for you. Okay. Lord said on Twitter ask, what can a person do in order to get a position as a storyboard artist or character designer or in animation as a whole without attending college or having industry experience? I guess they just want to know, like, how do you prepare for that kind of thing if you don't necessarily have the education to back it up? Put together a portfolio of your very best drawing. If you want to include character design and uh, uh, a little storyboard segment or two in that, do so. But I would say make sure that you do your absolute best. Learn how to draw. Mm -hmm. Really learn how to draw. Like those because fundamentals. Yeah, because if you're going to be anything in animation, you don't want to struggle mm -hmm. because you're going to be doing a lot of drawings. Mm -hmm. And it does not make any particular sense to struggle with your drawing mm -hmm. at all. <laughs> <laughs> Anything that, you know, either one of those things with, with character design, chances are you're going to be called upon to imitate various other styles mm -hmm. than your own. Mm -hmm. So you have to know how to draw. You have to have a good academic grounding in both uh, figure drawing, regular academic standard drawing, and cartooning. Mm -hmm. um, and the same goes for storyboarding now because there's so much more asked at this, at this moment, there's so much more asked of storyboard artists than ever before mm. where you're really drawing character layouts you're nodding because you're like yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to... yeah i was like holy wow like yeah 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 oh yeah, yeah. Which, which is too much mm -hmm. mm. okay you really shouldn't be doing that um mm. uh, so you know i'm hoping that people realize that and start saying you know let's let's kind of change this up a little bit mm-hmm but either way, you're going to be doing an awful lot of drawing. Mm. So make sure that people are fully aware of what you can do. Make mm -hmm. sure that you're fully aware of what you can do. Mm. Uh, don't be terribly insecure. You know, All artists are going to have some insecurity. Mm -hmm. But you have to be aware that this is the place I'm at now, and it's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. don't beat yourself up. Don't bang your head against the wall. Just learn more and learn how to, you know, just get better. Mm -hmm. Those are some good words right very, there. Very good. Very good. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's pretty much it. We're down to the wire here. Any last words of advice for our listeners of the podcast? We need you. <laughs> Get in here. That's right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Don't, yeah, don't, don't, hang, don't hang back because mm. we need you now and we need you more than ever before. Mm -hmm. Like mm. yesterday. Yeah. That's right. The country is changing mm. and we need you more than ever before. I mean, I'm looking, you know, what came into my mind right away was uh, Black Panther. Oh, yes. Mm. When it comes to Hollywood movies. Mm -hmm. 
you know, um, isn't it fascinating that a black themed movie made a billion dollars in a month? Mm-hmm. That is amazing. And it and currently, great. it's also it passed Titanic as uh, oh, wow. yeah, Titanic was number three, if I'm not mistaken, of mm-hmm. highest grossing movies of all time. Mm-hmm. Black Panther's number three now. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I think the numbers are just going to keep going up. Yeah. So, so folks, if that don't tell you something, mm-hmm. nothing will. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, this is a viable profession. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> yes. And that I and several other folks, you know, who have lasted this long in it. Yes, we got in. Mm-hmm. Yes, we stayed in. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, you know, we're here. Talk to us. Learn from us. Find mm-hmm. out what we have to say. Don't just assume that we never existed. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> if I may make a plug for all of my Yeah, yeah. All of my colleagues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. I say I, I have to tell you, I say this all the time. So many young people in the business now, mm-hmm. uh, at Warner and elsewhere, they know that I'm I'm in the studio. They know that I exist, but they're afraid to talk to me. Oh, and they always they say like, I don't want to bother you. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I can understand that. Yeah, I can Cause it. <laughs> like, because um, a friend of mine uh, who works at DTVA um, uh, knows uh, the creator of my life's teenage robot robin zetti and i got to meet him but when i went to go visit my friend but i didn't want to because i was like oh maybe he's busy i don't want to and then they're like no just go he he talks to people and i'm like okay (laughs) so i totally get that but we as uh young folks need to not be afraid (laughs) like do our best to approach people who have been here and thriving and Mm -hmm. learn there's 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 no reason to be afraid because one if if i learned anything in in 50 years of this is that animators love to talk (laughs) (laughs) okay Mm -hmm. because at least least up to now they haven't had anybody to talk to (laughs) (laughs) and that that plus the fact that if you just talk to each other if young people just talk to each other they miss an awful lot, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot because you know there's a lot of stuff that if you just talk to somebody else, there's a lot of problems you can avoid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, mm-hmm. that you know you know that you're not alone. Mm-hmm. You learn how to do things that you might not have learned how to do otherwise. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just too much. You know, there's just there's, there's just too many wonderful things that you can find out by talking to somebody who's been there. Mm-hmm. Mm. Got the so, truth. You know, don't be afraid. Please, don't be afraid. We're just cartoonists, after all. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say it that way. Yeah, <laughs> we're just just cartoonists. cartoonists. <laughs> no, I have I have, I have too high a respect for cartooning to to say that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but seriously mm. ask questions because mm. you great. know why, why why stay afraid right doesn't make sense but all right yeah i think that that was fantastic thank you so much um is there anything that you want to plug for yourself like um if people can find your work online or if they want to 
uh, talk to you and find out more about your story? Well, I'm on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I don't have much of an inter- internet presence mm-hmm. right now, but... That's going to change very soon because mm-hmm. uh, I am putting up a Facebook page devoted to my work. Okay, mm. cool. And I want to get onto Instagram mm. and Tumblr and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So uh, I will have an internet presence finally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that goes beyond what, you know, Xeroxes that people <laughs> <laughs> that have made the rounds of yeah. the industry. So, uh, yeah, there you go. All right, fantastic. Yeah. And we'll be sure to like um, uh, uh, link everyone to everything that you post online once you post it. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so thank you so much for coming out today to talk with us. It was a immense pleasure. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the podcast, everyone. To keep up with us, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Black and Animated. And be sure to listen for more episodes on blackandanimated.podbean.com and on iTunes. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are of the respective individual and do not reflect the views of our employers. Thanks, guys. Until next time, see you later.